Welcome into the All-22 Daily. I'm Chris Lombardi, and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. Yesterday, we talked about the dif- defensive interiors of this draft, and now we're going to be moving on to edge. Starting off with two guys from Clemson. Ray, why don't you start us off by talking about K.J. Henry? Yeah, K.J. Henry, probably the more heralded recruit of the two uh, at the time they went to Clemson. Um, which you can kind of see on tape when when you watch him initially. You could see sort of some of the athleticism that if someone told you, hey, this was like the number two overall pass rusher in his high school class coming into Clemson, you'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I believe it. So um, KJ Henry is 6'4", 251 pounds with uh, 33-inch arms, 10-inch hands, uh, ran a 4.63 40-yard dash with a 1.65 10-yard split. So the 40 there is better than uh, the initial 10-yard split there. Uh, vertical and broad jumps are nothing to write home about. Uh, so he's got uh, basically kind of a, a, a lean type of frame for like an athletic finesse type edge player, and that's pretty much what you see. But I have some concerns. So uh, first, yes, he's a he's a finesse player. He's a smooth athlete with, you know, just a pretty decent frame. Uh, looks good on the move when he's trailing plays down from behind and from the backside. Uh, and when he's uh, doing some gap exchanges and running those stunts, he moves pretty fluidly. And you like what you see there, right? Outside of that, he is a finesse player, but he doesn't turn the corner well enough in straight pass rush situations to justify a large investment for such a finesse player, right? So he will show a nice burst off the line, but he won't turn the corner and bend past the the backside hip of the tackle, and he'll just get pushed right past the pocket easily and then doesn't actually end up uh, making a play or really frustrating the quarterback in any meaningful way. Uh, He kind of reminds me of Terrell Lewis, from uh, three years ago out of uh, Alabama, who was taken in the third round by the Rams, where they were both, I think Lewis probably had a bit of a better frame, was more of a longer player. Um, But the type of player who would flash two to three times a game, and you saw some athleticism and you saw some good finesse play there, but was otherwise pretty pedestrian. The difference is there is that uh, Terrell Lewis was coming off of a, a knee injury that he suffered during his college career and really wasn't the same ever since. That is still a thing. Not every ACL tear ends up uh, being repaired 100% nowadays and people uh, players come back to being the exact same they were. It's, it's, it's much better than it used to be, but it is still not 100%. It won't be the same as its original parts, just the way it is. Um, another thing I noticed with KJ Henry is he gets blocked by tight ends. When you watch games in the NFL on Sundays, there's usually one or two plays a game, regardless of team, where they will try to block a defensive end with a tight end, and it will bite them in the butt. The the, the offense will pay for it because NFL grown man defensive ends don't get blocked by tight ends. They just don't. You need an offensive tackle to, to, uh, to, to handle those guys. But KJ Henry doesn't make you pay for that. When a tight end is engaged with him, he will just hand fight, and there's no real force behind his punches. There's no real purpose behind them. He doesn't uh, basically stack and shed and, and control uh, the tight end there. He just kind of just plays along with it, and 
I just, I hate to see that. You probably noticed by now whether I'm talking about offensive guards, uh, offensive linemen as a whole, or defensive linemen. When someone is smaller than you and they're taking you on to try to get an, a numbers advantage elsewhere, that's honestly a sign of disrespect and you should treat it as such and you should make the opponent pay for that. And he just looks like he doesn't care. So um, he's also 24 years old. Another one of those older rookies, I believe was a 2018 uh, recruiting class there. So another five-year guy in college, I think. So on the surface, you see him and when he's coming out of the tunnel, he looks good. That first snap, you just watch him move. You Again, he looks good. But then when the bullets start flying, he just he's missing that next step in his game to actually make a play and finish. He doesn't do it. Um, another thing I noticed is opposing offenses will run a lot of counter at him. I'm not sure if that's because of something he shows on tape as far as undisciplined. He seemed to handle it pretty well against Florida State. Um, but just another thing I noticed, he's not necessarily a, force, a strong force player in the run game. Just kind of average there, plays to the baseline. But... I was hoping to see more from, again, a, a guy who coming into college was basically the bee's knees in his recruiting class, and he's just kind of an athlete playing football instead of a football player who happens to be a great athlete. Yeah, if I was to describe to you just any prospect, right, and I said, this is a guy who's a rocked-up defensive end that's quick and wears a single-digit number you'd be able to picture exactly who KJ Wright is. Uh, everything you said, I think was pretty spot on. You know, he's, he's, he's a quicker guy, you know, more twitchy. Um, but I don't think he's really developed in his game. I think uh, any play I, I saw where he made a big splash play, it was more likely due to a misassignment by the offense than it was him really making a play. So a lot of that. Um you know, I think from an athletic standpoint too, you know, we're talking about a guy who's, who's big enough to play at the NFL level. Um, but when we were, when I was looking at him and then looking at Miles Murphy, right, Miles Murphy's 20 pounds heavier, I think like half an inch taller, but also ran the 40 in, you know, uh, you know, a 10th of a second faster. So, you know, when we're talking about a guy that I think is going to develop at the next level, KJ Wright being 24 and not being, a better athlete than Murphy at a lighter weight is a huge red flag to me. So, um, again, Henry, I agree with, but I get what you're saying. Sorry, Henry. Yep. Yeah. Agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I am. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So I guess my question to you though, you know, we're talking about positives, negatives, but do you think this guy is a draftable prospect for a team? And if so, like what kind of, what round do you think an NFL team takes a chance on a guy like this? He's a day three guy for sure. Uh, maybe someone looks at him and goes, okay, he's, he's a smooth athlete. He's fluid. Let me see if I can work with that because he does initially gain some ground in his pass rush. So a coach might look at that and go, okay, I can maybe work with this guy about uh, actually setting the edge stronger in the run game and then turning the corner uh, in the pass game. He's not a bendy rusher. That's just going to be a consistent winner in that regard, but he could be a rotational depth piece that a coach might look at with some clay to mold and say, yeah, it's, it's, it's round five, we're out of the you know, top 120 picks or whatever it is. Now's the time to take a guy like that. I think that's, that's more so his range, maybe fourth or fifth round uh, as a developmental piece, but I'm hard pressed to see a starter. Gotcha. Okay. So 
We talked about him on one side. On the other side, rushing for Clemson was Miles Murphy. And he's a personal kind of favorite of mine in terms of a size-speed combo. And I talked about how he's 6'5", he's 270 pounds. He's doing 25 reps on the bench press at, at his pro day uh, and then goes ahead and runs a 4-5-1 time, right? So he's, he's bigger, he's faster than some of the guys that we're going to talk about. And, and some of the guys that are being talked about is ranked above him, right? Um, I think when you watch his film, you see a more traditional edge rusher than a lot of the other prospects in this draft, right? Like a Nolan Smith, like Miles Murphy is more traditional in what you want. Like you saw a few years ago, the Saints take a risk trading two first round picks to trade up to go get a guy like Marcus Davenport. I think Miles Murphy is kind of that same breed of, of edge rusher where they're that just prototypical size. They're young enough at 21 years old or whatever they are coming out that you think they could develop into something more than that they were in college. And I think that's that's a lot of what Miles Murphy is. On film, I saw a lot of that potential, right? He has rare strength and speed that allows him to bend well and just run over tackles that aren't quite quick enough to uh, stay with him. He uses his inside hand pretty well. Um, he, he can get onto the inside shoulder of tackles to throw them off balance and then, you know, get them out of control and just knock them over. And he uses his outside outside hand really well to keep free and go and get the quarterback. So a lot of, a lot of positives about his game. Uh, I think his swim move still needs to develop quite a bit um, and he needs to do a better job of just keeping uh, offensive tackles hands off of him, right? Like I think he does a good job keeping a hand free but he does allow them to get him. So uh, I think the fact that he's bigger and stronger and faster than people in college has, has been a benefit of his. Now going to the NFL, I think it's going to be a lot harder for him to just rely on that natural um, athleticism and strength. I like his instincts as well, especially on option plays. You see a lot of option plays where he's patient and does a really great job just staying with it. He has this kind of lateral movement that reminds me of skills that traditional linebackers have, right? So a guy that's 275, uh, 270 pounds to be able to move laterally like he does, especially on option plays, is a huge bonus for him. Um, and I see that help him a lot on backside runs when he's kind of like the, the guy on the backside closing the gap right? Trying to keep uh, edge integrity. He closes that down really well. And then, like I said, he likes to keep that outside hand available. And he uh, he does a great job of that. He played over 1500 snaps in his three years. And again, he's still young at 21 years old. So I think while his grading was pretty disappointing, I see enough of that pure talent with that pure size speed combo where I think he's going to have a really, really promising NFL future. You know, worried about his eight and a half inch hands. It creeped me out, honestly, when I saw like his uh, his his graph, right, where everything's like everything's on the outside, like, oh, he's a 90 here. He's a 90 percentile here. And then it's like a zero percentile hand. It was a bit weird. But I, yeah, no, I don't know how much that matters. Yeah, maybe it's a clerical error. Um, yeah, I think Miles Murphy agree. I, I saw someone where all the parts are there. They just kind of have to all be put together and the puzzle isn't completed. But you have all the parts in the box. It's you saw the flashes, but it's like, all right, now just just put it all together and let me see it snap to snap. Right. Um, it it uh, I think that's sort of the story or the book on, on Miles Murphy is the, the talent's all there. You got to work with him, uh, coach him up a little bit as he enters the league. But like you mentioned, he's a young player with the tools and traits, which is really what you want to see. You go into, you know, studying film. It's not just, OK, 
does this guy make more plays than the last guy or what's his production like is what translates to the NFL. And I think uh, his athleticism and his gifts translate well. He's just got to put them all together now. And you bank on pro coaching being able to do that. Um, and the one of the, the, the telltale signs for me of a prospect that I always like to see is when I'm watching someone else on their team and he makes me notice him, right? When I was studying KJ Henry, Miles Murphy made me notice Miles Murphy when mm-hmm. he with the plays he made against Florida State, for example, the first the first game I studied of of KJ Henry, and Miles Murphy made his presence felt, and so that was good. I, you always want to see them jump off the page like that, right? Uh, Jalen Carter was another one last year when studying like a handful of Georgia players entering the draft. Every single one, it was like actually a Jalen Carter highlight film. So. Um, that's always a good sign when a prospect does that, when you're not even studying him and he makes you take notice. And Miles Murphy did that uh, on more than one occasion. So the flashes are all there. Just just put them all together. Right. And I think he's a prospect that will get a lot of attention early in this draft coming up. Um, you know, I see a lot of prospects being ranked above him. Uh, and I think he's being slept on, honestly. But I'm actually going to keep it going. I'm not going to transition it back to you. I'm going to keep it going with Isaiah Foskey, who is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated prospects in this year's draft. Uh, And again, he's kind of that high-end build that you want in the edge position. He measured in at 6'5", 265 pounds. He ran a 4.58.40 time and had a 125-inch broad jump. So both of those were 90th percentile for edge rushers, which is fantastic for for a guy that's being kind of looked at as a late second or early third round pick. Uh, He is a hungry pass rusher. I think that's my best way to describe him. He is absolutely hungry. When he chases people down, he absolutely tries to swallow them up. And I loved watching that about his game. I think that he relies on his strength a little bit too much, his strength and speed too much where he doesn't really work on the little things that are going to make him great at the next level because he is just so physically gifted. Um, And he shows flashes of bend. Uh, He has a little bit of a rip move. He has a little bit of lean, but typically you just see him just trying to bully lesser opponents. Uh, I think uh, Notre Dame depended on him just a little bit too much where you see there's plays where he's kind of just chasing down guys on the opposite side of the field because he had to be that player for that team. Uh, I would love to see him go to a team in the NFL that gives him time to develop. Maybe he's not a starter year one, but he's more of a rotational piece and just allows him to develop some of those skills that are going to help him really take his game to the next level. He's still 22 years old, right? So um, he'll be 22 for most of next season. So he's young. He's, he's a young prospect. He's not a guy that's 24 years old. Um, so I think he has time to really do that. And there's the possibility that he can really become a better player. Um, and I really uh, would be excited if a team that I liked took a shot on him in, in the late second round. I, w- I would love that um, because I think you're getting the benefit of the tools without any of the hype right? Like there's no hype around this guy. So you're going to get all the benefits without, without having to pay the, the premium. So I think NFL teams were, are going to do that. They're going to try to take him. Somebody will take him in the second round. I think from an all 22 perspective, he's a guy I would take on, uh, take on maybe in the third round uh, because you're getting that premium position, right? And then elite athlete at a premium position that can really help your team succeed if you hit on a guy like that. I want to like him so bad. I actually do like him. I want to like like him, but I'm scared. Uh, 
I'm scared because he seems to rely on that strength too much. He likes that that long arm stab and just kind of uh, drive the tackle back to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, is that is that a crutch? Is he using that as a crutch because he can't consistently turn the corner? And if he can't consistently do that in college, then in the pros, he's going to be limited to being a power rusher, which there's plenty of power rushers who have successful careers, but they're not the elite guys or the top 15 guys at the, at the edge rusher position. And that's what I worry about with him is I, I want to see more. I want to see that consistent corner turn sort of run the hoop correctly. And don't just get when you try to do a quote unquote finesse rush, for example, right. Get pushed past the pocket. Well, real you're quick, not going to be able to always go down the chest of, you know, big ass grown ass offensive lineman in the NFL. But real quick, so think about what you just said, right? I understand a guy like Murphy us being like, I want to bet on him because I think he could be a top 15 player. You saying that for a guy like Foskey, who probably won't go until late second round, maybe that's all the reason to like him. Yeah, so you're buying the stock low. You're buying low and 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 seeing if it hits, which, yeah, it, it's a totally sound perspective especially in like all 22 for example right i have him i have uh, him probably like the the mid 50s as a prospect so yeah he's right around that late second round range and he plays an important position and the traits are there um i'm just wondering if he could take that next step because i i feel like everything else is there and you root for him you want him to you want to see enough to where you go oh he can he can really be a dude and i just need to see more of it because there's a reliance on power there that you can't just do in the NFL. You can't do that to Panay Sewell. You can't just run down his sternum and push him into the lap of the quarterback. That's that's not going to happen. Um, so he's going to have to develop some moves and be able to to turn the corner and, and just have more in his toolbox in order to have a plan to get to quarterbacks consistently because NFL linemen will figure you out. And if that's your main if, if that's your ace in the hole, you're not going to be a top, again, top 12 to 15 rusher in the league because strength alone just doesn't cut it. So I like him a lot, and I'm. there might be some more there, but I think that's what's keeping him from being – that's the difference between him being in the 50s to being a top 30 player. Sure, and I don't think he's the level of prospect that like a Cleveland Farrell was a few years ago. But when I think about – how he was kind of marketed as this clubhouse leader guy who was just an you know an absolute leader at the college level and they brought him in there to do that uh at the pro level and had to be the focus of the, of a defense right like in it's a real easy way to set up disaster <laughs> when the guy's not that not really that good right i think when you look at Foskey it's a little bit of a similar vibe where at Notre Dame i think they asked him to do a lot he was a leader of that defense right if he doesn't have to be that for an NFL team, can he take the time to develop into a more full prospect? That's that's what I want to see. But okay, why don't we move to the last guy here, uh, the edge rusher out of Wisconsin? Yeah, so uh, Herbig uh, out of uh, Wisconsin, the, the pass rusher there. So uh, here's an interesting one. Wisconsin's always an interesting film study because they have they run that uh, like three down front uh, and then use their linebackers as, as edge rushers there in sort of a three, four scheme, but they drop them into coverage a lot. 
And that's why TJ Watt didn't get drafted as highly as he should have um, many moons ago. So uh, Herbig is uh, 6'2", 240 pounds, 31 and a quarter inch arms and nine and a quarter inch hands. So frame is pretty small, even for just a stand up off the ball linebacker, let alone you're talking about a uh, primarily a pass rusher. Um, but another 4.6540 with a 1.59 10 yard split. So those are both very good numbers there uh, showing you he's got that sort of burst off the line. Uh, 25 reps on the bench press. Okay, whatever. Cool. You you better do that with those little T-Rex arms that you have. Um, the first thing you notice about Herbig is he's a bendy rusher. He turns the corner and he does it with ease. And I love to see that part of that is he's only six, two, so he can get under the arm of that offensive tackle there and really just, uh, you know, have that low center of gravity and surface area to, uh, you know, to basically turn the corner there and get past that back hip. He's also good with his hands, uh, not the most violent with his hands, but has a good chop uh, and sets the edge well in the run game, at least against tight ends. So when you go from watching KJ Henry to watching uh, Herbig here, you go at least, okay, great. This guy doesn't like being blocked by tight ends. Good. Nobody should be blocked by tight ends. So he does take offense to that, which I like to see. Um, when he does drop into coverage, which uh, Wisconsin did a lot, he gets good depth as an off-ball linebacker, you like to see that he does get into passing lanes. It's not basically just a wasted, uh, you know, a wasted slot on the defense there by dropping him back into coverage. He does that pretty well, even though you want to see him moving forward and rushing, rushing the passer. Um, one thing I did notice, uh, especially against Michigan state, uh, he had a couple missed tackles there. He needs to be more sound and finish. he could be a little out of control, not square up, uh, and basically just overrun, uh, a play and not finish a tackle even when he wins his rep. Um, but on, uh, and then just another note here, as I'm just going through, I guess this is while I was watching him on strict pass rush situations, he just whoops ass with how he turns the corner. And I think that's backed up. His like PFF true pass set grade is like 93 or something ridiculous. He's, he's phenomenal in just straight pass rush uh, situations. Um, in the run game, he will, he's not, he's not a run fit player. He's not someone who can stack, hold, and shed and control his gap in the run game. He's more so of a knife through the gap to make a play against the run type player who will occasionally flash. But if you ask him to be sort of that stand-up run defender, it's not going to end well for you. Uh, so with that, you're, you wonder if he's just a pass rush specialist only in the NFL with that bit of a limited frame. He can't really grow into some sort of power player right? Given, given his small frame. Um, but he should be good in that role. If that's what he's asked to do, give him 20 snaps a game in pass rush situations, and he will be disruptive. He'll be very disruptive. Um, one thing I did want to see the last game I looked at of his was against Northwestern. And I said, Oh, great. Can't wait. Let me, let me just fast forward to when he lines up against Peter Skaronsky. And I waited and I waited and I waited, I waited the entire first half. And then finally he lined up uh, the one play against uh, Skaronsky. And then all of a sudden you see uh, on the edge of the screen there, the tight end comes in to line up alongside Skaronsky there on the wing and then chips and doubles him and negates the whole damn evaluation anyway. So I never got to see the heavyweight fight that I wanted to see, uh, which, you know, I guess I get it. Whatever your coach is, you're trying to find a mismatch. So you're putting him against the right tackle against a team like that. But uh, you never got to see the heavyweight fight that you wanted 
which I would have loved to see. It's two guys who don't have length and big frames going up against each other, which is exactly what I wanted to see. And I didn't get to see it. But overall, I see uh, what I believe to be a pass rush specialist, but a good pass rush specialist because he is disruptive. He's good with his hands. He doesn't just rely on athleticism when rushing the passer. He has a motor. He has good uh, footwork. He, his, his feet and hands are coordinated. They work well together. And he's he's just giving offensive tackles fits. He's he's pesky, I think is the best way to put it. So probably not a top 50 pick type of guy that maybe goes late uh, third round, early fourth, but has a role on a team pretty early on and plays to that role a handful of years and is does pretty well at it in the NFL. Maybe every edge that we spoke about so far and the edges essentially in this draft, besides maybe a Will Anderson are all guys that we're looking at saying, oh, they have all these tools, but we need to see them become more at the NFL level, right? Like they didn't show us at all in college. We're betting that they're going to show it to us in the NFL. Uh, I think Herbig is the exact opposite of that. Like it's, he showed us everything that he can be in college. I just don't know if he's going to be able to show us that same game in the NFL because of his frame. When you're talking about an edge rusher, uh, you know, like again, like maybe a Nolan Smith, we're talking about some of the smallest edge rushers you're going to find in the NFL. Herbig is smaller than that, right? He's he's smaller than that. I was looking at him against maybe a guy like even Jack Campbell, who's two inches taller, 10 pounds heavier, and runs the same 40 time, right? So like, I worry most of all that there's just not going to be a position in the NFL for Herbig to settle in as like a true starting player. You said maybe he becomes uh, kind of like a pass rush specialist. That could be. But I would actually say that I would love to see him try to develop other areas of his game and maybe become some kind of a hybrid player that he can play, you know, pass rusher, but then can also play maybe off-ball linebacker. Um, just because I think that's more to his size, speed, strengths. Um when, when you're talking about his bend, yeah, I saw it, man. He's got he's got great pass rush ability. Um, he he's he's the guy you root for just because like like you look at us, we're just these two undersized guys. It's like we know what it means to just like have to put effort into everything and still be like you know less than everybody else on the field, right? Until you until you go and prove yourself, right? And that's something that he did. Um, I, yeah, I think my biggest concern is just don't know if that frame can really play at the NFL level. You know, you, you compare him even to like TJ Watt, who's. Oh yeah. And don't get me wrong. He's not TJ Watt, but he's just significantly <laughs> smaller too. Right. Besides yeah. whatever TJ Watt is, this guy's significantly smaller. Um, do you think that there's any possibility maybe that his game can work at, as an off ball linebacker? I think so because he, he, he showed well in coverage. Uh, at least in zone coverage anyway, they dropped him a lot. It was actually frustrating how often they were dropping him into coverage because I wanted to see him rush the passer and they kept dropping him to coverage and then they dropped him into coverage again. And then he would rush the passer and he'd get pressure. And I'm like, why aren't you just doing this every freaking play? Um, but I guess when you're playing Iowa and the big 10 West, yeah. you can get away with that. So um, I think he's got the well-rounded skills to do it. So I mentioned He's not that real sort of hold up stack and shed run player. And that's the weakness in his game, but he could absolutely drop back and, and, and be a coverage uh, off ball uh, linebacker as well. 
just the issue there, which we've touched on in, in many episodes previously, uh, not just when we're focusing on the draft, is just how NFL offenses attack linebackers. And it's so hard to grade well because they're basically the ones being read uh, in the run and pass game. And it's it's just so difficult. Um, offenses are basically built to make off-ball linebackers be wrong every play. And so if, if, if you invest in, in Herbig in an all 22 draft, you're in like the fifth, sixth round or something. And you go, Hey, this guy's a role player. He's good at that role. Someone drafts him for that role in the NFL. I can make out as long as he grades well from, for me, I'm rolling with it. And then all of a sudden he becomes an off ball linebacker and he's just under attack every week. There goes, there goes your grading advantage. Right. So uh, I think he could, he could do it. I think he showed he's, he's a heady player. Um, he, he's smart. He's aware of what's going on. Even when they ran counter at him, it's not so much that he would be fooled on reads or anything like that. It's just that just physically, he didn't have that big frame to hold up that you'd expect from most edge rushers in that same situation. But cerebrally, he can absolutely do it. Yeah, for sure. And then 91.1 pass rush on about 192 attempts uh, as a pass rusher, which is about half of what we're seeing from some of the, the guys like a Miles Murphy, right? But to your point, he had 95 coverage snaps and a 79.1 coverage grade. So for an edge rusher, that's fantastic, right? Like that's that's very good. So I would like to see him maybe make that transition at the NFL level, a guy that can be a blitzing linebacker sometimes. And then on the next play, he's in coverage, right? Because that that is valuable when it's when it's not your Isaiah Simmons and you're also playing slot corner. You know, I think I think that's when linebackers fail. Um, so maybe he doesn't have to become that. But we'll see. Um, any last thoughts on these guys? I just can't wait to talk about even more edge rushers in our uh, main podcast episode because there's it's a deep group and there's so many that are intriguing, even if they're not complete players. And yeah, I, I just can't wait to talk about them. Yeah, agreed. And I didn't even mention that. This is this is my favorite position of the draft. This is the deepest position at edge I think I have seen in essentially any year that I've graded edge rushers, I think this is by far the deepest class. So super excited about that. And yes, we'll talk about it more when we do our rankings. But until then, thank you everyone for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all22 underscore PFF and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great night. Yeah.